Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Leanne Bach with M Realty. Keep your finger on the pulse of Portland's hot real estate market. Call Leanne for unparalleled customer service and the highest level of marketing available. Make sure your position in the marketplace doesn't leave money on the table by visiting leannebach.com or call Leanne direct at 503-349-7890. By Chew Dining Club. Chew gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Just download the app right now and check in at participating establishments. Get the rewards you want, like free pizzas, drinks, extended happy hour deals, and more. Plus exclusive information about fun food events and invites too. Chew. And by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Portland's original food and drink news and review blog brought to you by the legendary food dude now featuring the huge outdoor dining list you'll need to eat drink and enjoy the Portland summer sunshine and fresh air check it out today at portlandfoodanddrink.com a soundbite edition of Right at the Fork, which of course is Portland's premier food podcast. Not to, not to trigger anybody to go look for others. No, no. <laughs> there there are others, but we we as far as I know, we were the first, right? I believe so. Yeah. Same thing. I feel the same way about events. Yeah. Not that Portland Food Adventures was the first event company in right. Portland, but when I started it, there weren't a lot of events, and now, oh my God, so if there are as many podcasts in five years yeah. about Portland food, I, I, I don't think it can, certainly can't handle it, but at any rate- um, Competition is a good thing, Yeah, if, well, if we want to call this competition. Especially in relation to the Portland food world, no one really, everybody outwardly looks like there's no competition, it's all support, and right. it's all about, but but the bottom line is there are a lot of restaurants, and they're competing for share of voice and yeah. share, share of marketing, uh, food dollar. Mm-hmm. So um, and so, when Michael Russell anoints a uh, restaurant restaurant of the year, right, um, then it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and he's had his hand in a few of them. We're going to actually have a uh, chat with him from, about from the Oregonian. I'm yep. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's all good. I could do like Donald Trump and just go. Excuse me. I'm talking excuse to you. Me. Well, you could do no. you could do some Bernie. I'm talking to you. Yeah, but I, no, but the did you see <laughs> did you see these 60 Minutes with? Uh, nah, I don't. I don't watch those news news magazines, Chris. I, do, I hadn't watched I'm, it in a year. I'm borderline but, millennial. I know, but I hadn't watched it in a year. And I said to my son last night, I said it's like a it's like NASCAR. There's going to be a car crash. I have to. Watch it. I don't want to watch it, but, but, but you to. can't. Tu- you can't turn away. Oh, I had to watch it. But yeah. anyway, so he he just about four times throughout the interview with Leslie Stahl. Excuse me. Excuse right. me. Yeah. You don't see that on sixty minutes. No, they do that. No. So I started to do that to you. But I just wanted to point out that Michael Russell is the chief food writer for the Oregonian. We had a podcast with him mm-hmm. about a month ago. So if you go back in the archives, you can hear. Yeah. It was shortly after he outed himself as who he was. and Exactly. And, you know, basically now we can put a face to the name. Right. And a voice, yeah. too. Yeah. So, so we thought it would be a good idea, as long as he was here, to have him go over his previous choices for Restaurant of the Year. And let's point out that Restaurant Restaurant of the year doesn't mean best restaurant. It means the one that embodies the city's food scene that year. Right. I don't know. Those I'm paraphrasing. Those mm-hmm. are not his words. Yeah. But it, you know, Le Pigeon, 
the last two years has been on the top of the Oregon and, mm-hmm. and Michael's uh, uh, top one-on-one restaurant. So th- that being said, we thought we'd go back and ask him about um, his previous choices from when he started in 2011 at the Oregonian and see what he thinks, um, how those restaurants have held up and what he thinks about them now. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, as long as we had Michael here, um, go over some of his Restaurant of the Year picks uh, or the Oregonian's Restaurant of the Year picks over the last five years since you started as a full-time critic there mm-hmm. in 2011. Let's go backwards. And, of course, last year you created a little bit of controversy. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, naming Renata Restaurant of the Year after it had been open about six minutes. <laughs> um, you know, six weeks, not six minutes, but yes, uh, that's true. Uh, that was a, a, a controversy even more than I expected. Renata is a fantastic restaurant. It's as good today as it was when I named it Restaurant of the Year, which makes me think I made the right pick. Uh, it's the best pasta restaurant in Portland, not even close, um, even though I, I put Nostrana higher on my list as an all-around restaurant. Um, and it's beautiful. The service is impeccable. You have to go there this summer and sit on the patio. Um, you know, the crowds are not as crazy as they were after I named them restaurant of the year when it was pretty hard to get in for a while. Um, they're just, you know, it's just a lovely, lovely restaurant. Um, and I recommend everyone go there. It's not even that expensive. So. I'm, I'm really happy that you feel good about that a year <laughs> later because it would have been, it would have been tough for you Holy to say, heck. man, I just, I, I just fucked that up. <laughs> you know, uh, when the, when, w- there was a lot of blowback from Willamette Week and Portland Monthly, they both had fun, uh, criticizing my pick, but, uh, I went back like two months, three months later, I think it was September. It was like the first day of the feast festival. And, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of feast stuff cause I was still sort of in the, in the shadows, so to speak. And I went to Renata and it was just like packed with people and they all looked so happy and they were just enjoying themselves. And I was thinking back to all this sort of like weird, like, you know, second guessing that I'd had when I'd been reading, uh, uh, my colleagues at Willamette week, uh, 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 and Portland monthly kind of trashing the pick. And I was like, Oh, you know what? This place is awesome. And I'm so glad I picked it. <laughs> I, that, that's great that you were able to feel that way. Okay. You, year before pop-ups, which by the way, Another controversial dead, one, man. Controversial. Was it, it? Was I right? I think you're right because now it's all about pop-ups. It's you know, all about it, pop-ups. And uh, I feel it because you know I do events out yeah. there, and I'm. It's kind of ticketed events. That's what some often pop-ups are. Yeah. And I, and they're all over the place. Well, you can't avoid well, them. And there's some uh, my my favorite that I've been to, and I can't say it's not fair because I haven't been to all of them. Uh, but we've talked. We had my. Uh, Lovelace on the podcast yeah. in May. I just, in May, it's great. I just yeah. love it. Well done. Well done, Maya. Um, so pop-ups, yes. So there were a couple of places that I was loving that year, uh, specifically Hold Fast Dining and Long Bun. I thought those two restaurants were excellent. And But were they really pop-ups? That was my contention. That's a great question. Neither of them really felt like a pop-up. That's a great question. Um, you know... Holdfast was at uh, Kitchen Crew. They were cooking around, um, you know, people making barbecue sauce or popping popcorn. Uh, uh, Kitchen Crew is a, a I think the M- Michael Madigan calls it a culinary incubator. They, they, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, 
you know, find small food businesses and raise them up to be. We had, we had a great episode with him. You with get him, back yeah, in the he's, archives. He's a good guy. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, you know, that was, uh, uh, they were doing like regular service in the same place, but it was like in a, the weirdest, like industrial kitchen you could imagine, uh, very pop-up-y and, you know, in the case of Longbon, they had really just started service uh, in their back room, you know, as sort of a whim. They were bringing in other, you know, like a Vietnamese thing. They were, you know, anyone could use that space. I mean, the the definition of pop up, uh, I in that in the story I wrote, I was pretty broad about it that it included supper clubs, back room restaurants, things that were occasional places and places that bounced around and uh it was just the thing that like was happening in this town that seemed like the most exciting thing and uh you know at the same time i was really reluctant to name one of those two my restaurant of the year just because you know i am cognizant of the sort of reach of the newspaper i write for and i didn't want to you know recommend a place that would then be basically you know you'd be incapable of getting it into for a year. Of course, that ended up happening anyway. It but happened, you know, yes. well, I in think Holdfast you can get in. Yeah, a little a bit. bit Holdfast is excellent, by the way. Yeah, you got to be quick on the draw to get into Holdfast, <laughs> but you can do it. But Longbon is another deal. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be planning a few months out. Six, six, and yeah. then and then what happens to me is I don't put it in my calendar, and then it comes Oopsie. up. I get the call the day before <laughs> you're at Longbon tomorrow, and you got to uh, put that in your calendar, man. Yeah, no, I. Do. <laughs> it's just. My organization. You want to talk about Ox? Yeah, of well, course. Nothing to say. That place is amazing. Uh, Greg and Gabby kill it. The restaurant's great. Uh, Little Bird, I think, uh, was the choice for that year. And I think that uh, it's a, also an excellent restaurant. That was 2012. Uh, Ox was 2013. Have you been to Superbite? I've been to Superbite. I have. Yeah, it's fun. I'm still figuring out what I think about it. But obviously, the Dentons, uh, you know, are fantastic cooks. They're they're. They were James Beard Award finalists last year, and they probably will be again next year, and uh, I'll be reviewing them in about a month. Oh, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, so Little Bird then the year before, 2012, mm-hmm. and that's still solid in your... Yeah, your, you know, they found, they, they've, they've gone in a slightly different direction because uh, uh, their opening chef, um, Eric Van Clay, uh, uh, went and opened his own restaurant, Taylor Railworks, which is also worth a visit if you haven't been yet. Uh, and uh, Gabriel Rucker, who's chef at Le Pigeon, took over Little Bird for a while, um, has since sort of passed it on to the cooks there. But they injected some some new energy and I think maybe kind of like made it the restaurant it always wanted to be, i.e. one that was like, you know, playful French kind of with a dash of punk rock energy in it. And I think that's what it is right now. You know, it's interesting. I have, uh, I kind of, I feel like I have my pulse on because mm-hmm. I have so many people that I'm involved with in social media and talk. And um, right now, if you were to pick it as restaurant of the year, also I wouldn't be surprised would be Taylor Railworks. Mm, people uh, are loving Taylor. I, ta- that, yeah, I didn't hear it as much when they first opened. And now I'm, really uh, glad I'm, to hear I'm that. getting a lot of that. Um, that vibe and uh, I love it I've had great times there when I visited and I think that's one of the best chef's counters in town yeah and great for Instagram great light yeah Uh, I've posted some good pictures from there that's a real passion project for Eric and Gabriella so I'm glad you're hearing great things about them yeah so my last visit was wonderful too so um, 2011 was Thistle (laughs) not even in Portland yeah that was a that was a pick before me Um, I mean I was named full time restaurant critic like right around that time that pick came out and that was actually made by uh, my boss the the arts editor at the time 
Uh, and that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, a couple of very quick thoughts on this cause I know we have to bounce out of here, but, uh, you know, Eric Bouchard, uh, who's the cook there is, a, is, is a real, real talent. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of a, of restless leg syndrome. He likes to move around. He's in, uh, Astoria now at a place called the Albatross. But, uh, you know, to f- go into wine country and find a, a chef who, you know, had already been a rising star at uh, Alberta Street Oyster House, uh, had, uh, you know, incredible talent, incredible skill. And then to have a dining room, a beautiful, beautiful dining room in downtown McMinnville managed by um, Emily Howard, I think her last name is. Um who's just one of my favorite servers in, in the state of Oregon, uh, just ran the whole thing herself at the beginning. And, uh, you know, it was clockwork, just perfect. Uh, great wine list, great place to just watch the sun sort of set and like the light change in the room. Um, and then to have it paired with, uh, this like intensely, intensely local, uh, source cooking from, you know, a guy who would be a top 10 chef in Portland, uh, worry here, was really really special experience and you know was the one that blew us away that year even though i wasn't the one to make the final decision i was uh definitely part of those conversations and and gave it the okay well it's interesting because out at albatross and he's changed i have not been there since he's really opened the second half Mm -hmm. i've been there but it wasn't open at the time with oysters so he's focusing on oysters now Uh um but again i never saw him he's he's mixing drinks there he's not (laughs) cooking at all at least he was so Mm -hmm. i can't say now so um and he's well i'll let you know i'm going tomorrow night good so. well well maybe we'll hear soon mm-hmm. um last thing um anything that you're really excited about in portland right now that you haven't visited that you're hearing about that you're that you're chomping at the bit to try that is a great question i get out a lot i i you know i'm pretty much you've already all, done everything you want to do yeah what's new what's exciting oh, or, or coming up uh you know i'll just throw a little plug for chase uh, i've been a couple times but that they're doing some interesting stuff. I think Jose is probably Jose Chesa, the the chef, is one of the more exciting Spanish, uh, especially Catalonian cooks on the West Coast. Um, maybe the most exciting at this moment. And uh, you know, anyone coming to town or anyone who hasn't been to his restaurant yet should should stop by and see what he's doing. And and come with him with us to Spain. You know, we're doing that. So well, when are you guys going? September. And can I be in your suitcase? <laughs> yeah, well, we can figure that out. But I will tell you something. I was just at Atala the other night Yeah. Uh, with some folks that are coming to Spain with us. And I asked uh, Jose to describe the difference between Chesa and Atala. And it was very interesting. What did he say? He said, Atala's my son. It's more <laughs> playful. Things that I'd like to do and get out and explore and, and <laughs> food that most people wouldn't have had. Chesa is my father. And it's more traditional, and it's based on my experience as his son, huh. and he's a chef, of course. And so I thought that was a very interesting description of the two. Well, there's still plenty of experimentation and playfulness going on, uh, despite it being the more conservative of the two restaurants on paper. And wow, uh, the cocktails. Uh, if you're a cocktail fan, that should be at the top of your list. Did I, you have the ice cube with the ch- with Chesa in it? <laughs> I, I did have a couple cocktails with that. I also did the poron, which is the uh, like <laughs> carafe that you reach out and it a uh, cocktail streams right into your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Re- pretty good. Really popular in Barcelona. And the gin and tonic could be the best in town really yeah okay good to Hit know that. lots to lots that's good to know here court you got a lot of places you can go now 
I do. I've, I've, been, I've been taking note. Yep. Okay. All these places. Beautiful. Uh, really a treat. Thanks so much for uh, Thanks, coming. Chris. That was fun. Appreciate it. Cheers, man. Thanks, Court. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 